This is Joe from Asphalt Valentine. You're listening to Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 254 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here. And this week we've got a great one because we've got Joe Flint of Asphalt Valentine joining us. Got an interview here with him coming up. Talking about their brand new album that's coming out here in just about a week and a half. So we're going to be getting into that here in just a bit. But as always... What do we got to do? Tell them about sponsors. Medfarm and DEB Concerts, longtime sponsors of this podcast, and we mm-hmm. greatly appreciate it. Medfarm is a dispensary located here in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, at 24683 East Highway 51. They're right off the highway. You can't miss them. Get in there and check them out because they've got a great selection. And on top of that, they're always running specials. If you follow them on Facebook at MedFarm, that's P-H-A-R-M, or Instagram at MedFarmOK, okay, you won't miss any of those specials. You can also get on their website, MedFarmOK.com, or check them out on Leafly.com to see all their products. And if you get in there and tell them, mention our name, tell them you heard about them here, or just say Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your order, which is very cool. They've also got a doctor on site every Friday and Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., And on top of all that, their slogan is Cannabis with a Cause, and they donate 30% of their profits to go to build No-Kill Animal Shelter. Hell yeah. That's awesome. They are well on the way, because they've already got a building on some land, and they're getting it set up to go, so that should be here sometime in 2020, so we'll let you know all about it, because that is not cool, that is badass. Right. Yeah, that's amazing, so... Very glad to see that coming, and thanks, as always, to MedFarm. DEB Concerts is a promoter right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that brings a hell of a lot of great shows to downtown Tulsa at the Ideal Barroom, and now the BOK Center as well. They had a show there last year with Snoop Dogg and Nelly, and they've got another one coming here this year that they're going to announce pretty soon. So be on the lookout for that, and that one will be a rock show. That should probably tie into what you're used to from ID, from DEB at the IDL. But they bring in a lot of great acts like Sebastian Bach, Saxon, Last in Line, Junkyard, Kicks, LA Guns, Slaughter, Winger, Warrant. And they're branching out slightly. And now they're bringing in Buck Cherry. Right. Yeah, a little bit. You know, Buck Cherry fits in the mold of those bands, but they're... Also a modern band, so very cool to see that happening. And tickets, from what we can tell, are going fast, because I know Grind and Fister Raids both both sold out of their tickets. And if you're listening to this, like, right when it drops, you've got a little bit of time, because we have a giveaway going on this week on Facebook. But it ends at 12 p.m. on Thursday, so you've only got really a couple hours if you're only hearing this Thursday morning. So, But anyway, if you do not get a chance to get into that contest... Get on debconcerts.com, Stubwire, or you could probably, you might could buy them at the door, but that's not guaranteed on this, so. Exactly. So get your tickets ahead of time. Fist of Rage and Grind are opening the show. Both of them are excellent, so you want to get there early. Both great live bands, and they've both been on this podcast multiple times. And Eddie Trunk, as always, is hosting that show. And yeah, DEB Concerts has also booked all the bands for the Roadhouse stage at Rocklahoma 2020. This is their second year booking all the bands. This year they've got a pre-party night Thursday night that features Warrant, Bullet Boys, and Hurricane Alice. And in the other three days feature John Five and the Creatures, 
Liliac, and Lynch Mob as the headliners for each night. And there's a slew of other bands. You like that? A slew. Yeah, I haven't ever said that when I'm talking about bands on this podcast. I finally got to say slew. Slew. Yeah. Anyway, get online. Get on, you know, get on rocklahoma.com or debconcerts.com to see all the, the rest of that slew of bands that'll be there on the Roadhouse stage. You just wanted to say it again, <laughs> motherfucker. Hey, it's just part of the vernacular now. <laughs> you know what? That's probably the first time vernaculars have been said on this podcast. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, all that great stuff, like I said, debconcerts.com is where you can find it all out. And of course, we love them. So thanks, as always, to DB Concerts. All right, so we're going to talk about a few things and play some music, but do you want to jump into some music first? Let's do that. Let's, let's kick it off. Okay. Here, a few weeks ago, we had on Tommy Erickson from Slumlord Radio. And I bring that up because, well, for one, because Slim Lord Radio is awesome. Oh, they kick ass. And you need to check that episode out if you have not. But also because Slim Lord Radio is on White Elephant Records. And White Elephant Records also has another band called Overdrive Orchestra. And we're going to play that for you right now. This is their song called HCBM. <laughs>
HCBM from the brand new album Electric Mind from Overdrive Orchestra. That album just came out this month. So get on to wherever you check out music and check out Overdrive Orchestra. They're out of Michigan as well, kind of like our buddies in Slumlord Radio. And I mean, that was very cool because it's pretty awesome groove. It's a little bit of psychedelic kind of stuff going on and the vocals are kind of unique as well. I really dug that. Great tune. Great tune. Yeah. So get on there. Check them out. They're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the social medias. Tell them that Thunder Underground sent you. Where do we start? I don't know, man. There's so much, and there's probably going to be shit that we forget. Well, yeah, they're definitely. We can just cover it because there's so much going on. Because we didn't even write this down. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) I don't know. You remember like last week? Pick a few things, and let's just go with it. Fuck it. I don't know. Well, yeah, the last couple weeks, there's been like... Basically, all of January, it seemed like every week there's tours announced, and like mm-hmm. they're like it yeah. seemed like these uh, PR or whoever's you know putting together these tours, like they all seem to drop the same day each week or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> because you know, last week we talked about several, and then now a few more things got announced. This week, the most important thing that was announced is that Faith No More is touring America for the first time in quite a while. Are you going to that? I'm planning on it. I can't guarantee that I'll be able to, but they are going to do three dates in Texas in August, so hopefully I can hit one of those. They've got Houston, Austin, and Dallas. Are you are you going to leave after Faith No More? Probably. Okay. But it's like I've seen Corn live, and they're good live. Oh, they're great live. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just get you. You're such a Faith No More homer. Yeah, and I just don't care. I wouldn't go see Corn if they were in Tulsa, unless it was free. I get that. But I, I'm not saying that negatively about it. But you know what I mean? It's a, It was announced, and it, it, the thing listed it as a co-headline tour, so I don't know if that means they're going to, like, flop nights or what. But to me, even though as much as I love Faith No More and as important as they are, it's like I would still assume that Corn is the closer. Yeah, I It can would just imagine. make the most sense, you know? Yeah, that would be the best. That would be the best route to take, I think. Yeah, because your mainstream fans are going to – more are going to be there for Corn anyway. Yeah, but I, I think it's – it's so cool. It's corn, Faith No More Helmet. Well, Helmet's on the second half of the tour. The first yeah, half. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The first half is Scars on Broadway, which they're playing the Texas dates, which I'm happier about anyway, because I've never seen them in a type of band I never really thought I would be able to see. Yeah. But Helmet, I mean, that's amazing that they're on this tour. Yeah. Because they deserve it, something like it, this. Yeah. It, yeah, they do deserve something like that. And it's just a smart lineup, it's a smart tour. Um, it, 68s also, I think, on all the dates. Yeah, it, it's something that, it, it's the kind of thing that should have been done a long time ago. Yeah. that That's that's kind of how I look at it, you know, none of this corn and Breaking Benjamin or whatever, this stupid shit, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, let's get some legit shit going on here. And so, to, to see this, this is like, okay, alright, now this is something that we can get behind. Yeah. And it's cool, too, because, you know, if Faith No More was just touring by themselves, they'd be playing theaters. Yeah. And oh, now yeah. That, you know, now this puts it into a bigger venue. Totally. So, very glad to see that happening. It's got a decent amount of dates. I think it was close to 30 dates. Yeah. So, you should be able to find something within driving distance of wherever you're at. Of course. And then, Jason opened his beer to celebrate the fact that recently, when I say recently, I mean like, yeah, one episode ago. Sorry, I had to think here for a second. 253, we had on Brian Tishy mm-hmm. talking about Rush, you know, for a good 20-some minutes, and then we talked about some other stuff oh, yeah. for the rest of it. But the point being is that Brian Tishy has a band called A Farewell to Kings that is 
a long-standing Rush tribute band that he does. And that parlays into the fact that Primus just announced right that they are doing a tribute, or is it called a tribute to Kings? Yes, a tribute to Kings. Yeah. It's a whole tour. And they're doing the album of Farewell to Kings in its entirety. Right. And then as well as, they'll be playing Primus songs as well. Mm-hmm. After that, I'm sure, or before, I don't know which. But regardless, the fact that they're, you know, pick, I mean, you can find the press release and read it, you know, Les Claypool talks about the fact that that's the first Rush album he ever got and heard, and I guess all three of them, it's like their favorite album yeah. of Rush, and he said, I can't remember what, he said his favorite songs on that, whatever, you know, so it's it's a kind of a cool concept, and if there's a band out there that's just a random band out there that can pull this shit off, it is Primus. Oh, totally. There's no way they can't do it. Yeah. And the sword is opening up. The sword are back. That's yeah. fucking great. Yeah, that is very cool. And we've had Kyle Shutt of the sword on this podcast before. Right. But they're all there. That's another one. They're only doing half the tour. Who, mm-hmm. Someone else. Who was the other person? The other person. I mean, the other band. The other person. I don't know. <laughs> it was someone else notable, but it, I don't think it's someone we love as much as the sword. No. But yeah, Battles is also on that whole tour. I think. Gotcha. I think the closest it's coming to us is Dallas. So I don't know if it's something that'll line up that we can make or not, but hopefully. And, and what else? There was oh another God, tour. The Megadeth Lamb of God. Did we talk about yeah, that we, the last one? we talked one? about that okay. last one. Well, I'm going to that. Fuck it. <laughs> um, and then what else has been? I know there's been more. I mean, there's been so much. I feel like there was another. Oh, uh, the the KK Priest thing. KK Priest. KK's Priest with him and Les Binks and Ripper Owens. I mean, that's a cool idea, really, in a way, because it's not, you know, I mean, he's got a vocalist and a drummer from the band mm-hmm. that he was in with, so yeah. it's not like he's just pulling guys out at random. Yeah. I mean, he played with both of them while in Priest, so. And, you know, it, and, I, and I think, I know we're kind of splitting hairs here. I know, we're you know, it's kind of a whole jacking off spiders thing. We're getting real minute. But the fact that he is doing KK's Priest instead of KK Downing's Judas Priest or whatever the shit, yeah, that's super smart because that's where you can't touch that, yeah, in a a a legal sense. I don't think so. That's probably well, that was probably pretty smart. Yeah, you know, and I mean the fact that it's Ripper, and I mean even if people are fans of the couple, you know, the Ripper albums or not, yeah. I mean, the guy's fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing vocalist. So, yep. seeing him, you know, perform all the Priest songs live, you know, I mean, if that's, hopefully that comes within here, you know, within Dallas or something, mm-hmm. I would love to see that. Because you know it's going to be in clubs, so it'll be cool as hell. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think Europe and England, the UK will eat that up way more than yeah than the US because... Because Priest is probably touring anyway, right? Yeah, and, um, you know, again, like I've always said... The U.S., when it comes to that on a whole, they suck. It's interesting, very interesting pairing, and it should do pretty good. And the fact that, uh, I don't know, that the first place I saw it was Mitch LaFon posted about it. Mm-hmm. And he put something about recording. I don't know if they mentioned in the thing that they are going to release something, because he said, <laughs> would you rather hear them do, you know, reimagine pre-songs or do original stuff. So I would oh, love it if they do original stuff. I'd want them to do yeah. original stuff. Yeah, because then they could go out there, they could put out an album, go on tour, play four or five songs from that album, and play the rest of the, yeah. the show pre-songs. The, the pre-songs are already done. We don't need them re-recorded. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah. Good point. Well, another tour that 
hasn't been announced but is all over the place is this uh, Rock Never Stops style lineup. Yeah, it's like Rat, Skid Row, Tom Kiefer, Great White, Lillian what? Axe. Oh, Lillian Axe? Fucking Slick Toxic. Taiketo, oh, Warrant. Fuck, I wish. Um, I fucking, thought you were being serious for a second now. Bo Nasty. God dang, that'd be amazing. Uh, yeah, fucking Shark Island, uh, Little Caesar. Shark um, Island. Denaro, I think, is on there. Oh, well, then I'm traveling across the country. I mean, it's a whole, yeah, it's going to be like a three stages. Okay, just kidding. No, it's really, the rumor for sure, for, for real, is Rat, Skid Row, Tom Kiefer, and then uh, great, uh, Jack Russell and Slaughter. Well, no, it said right. Slaughter. The the rumor was or sl- oh yeah, that's Slaughter. right. Slaughter. And then now, <laughs> now Mitch Lafon says that he reported that supposedly Slaughter backed out of it. Really, and Jack Russell's great white. It, yeah, it's it. it's still in the rumor stage. Yeah. But, so you know, do with that what you will. So here's my my comment: is this will be coming to the Zoo Amphitheater in Oklahoma City because. Last week, the Zoo Amp said classic heavy metal announcement oh, you're right. on February 24th. Boy, you're good. And then yep. yesterday... I didn't even think about that. I, and then yesterday, they said that this announcement will be made on February 24th of this tour. Yep. So if that's the day that Zoo Amp is announcing, then that's this tour. Yep, you're right. I, yeah, like you, like before we knew this rumor, you kind of thought it may be Priest. Yeah, I was hoping. But yeah, no, yep, you're right. And guess what? I won't go. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I'll probably go. It's Oklahoma City. It's not that far. I don't know, man. I don't know. I've seen all that stuff a million times over. Yeah. Like, if it was come to the IDL Ballroom or something, yes. Yeah. Like, if one of those bands was, yes. But I'm not going to. I don't know. I mean, I, the great thing about it is you can go to the thing and, you know, you can leave by, like, nine because who gives a fuck about Stephen Piercy's fake rat? You know? I mean... Yes, and that's the main thing. It's like I'm not going to Oklahoma City for that. I'm like we, we saw Stephen Piercy solo at the Chameleon Room. I mean, he was and good. that was great, and we got to meet him, and he was awesome. I'm good. I'm good. But I'm like, this should be called Stephen Piercy's Rat. Yeah, I agree. Which I understand. But you know, that's getting again, into semantics as well. Yeah, like, who owns the because, name? You know, Warren Demartini and all those guys. They they left themselves. I think so. Well, I mean, that's a, I yeah, that's a good yeah, point. I don't know. Well, again, we're I splitting mean, hairs. I don't know. I'm never running around saying that Quiet Ride should change the name. So, I mean, whatever. Yeah. But it's know. just, it just annoys me, you know, like it does a lot of people. I'm like, when you've, you've got everybody there that you could have mm-hmm. Stephen Piercy, Juan, Blotzer, and Martini, and then you Carlos. Yeah. Cadaz, or I have a fucking say his last name. Carlos Cad- Cavazzo. Cavazzo, yeah. yeah. You know, and then you've got a fucking lineup, and it's amazing. But anyway. You know what I'm excited about? I got tickets for Sepultura, Crowbar, and Sacred Reich. Oh, you did get tickets? Yes, right? I did that. Because they're pretty cheap. Okay. So, I was like, fuck it, I'm doing it. We're going to see Crowbar and Sacred Reich, and then we can drive back home. I don't give a shit. I mean, I'm going to see Sepultura, don't get me wrong, but those are the two bands I, I want to see Sacred Reich and Crowbar. I thought you always wanted to see Sepultura with... Uh, and I do. I mean, I'm back and forth with... With Derek Green. Yes, because, you know, the, I, the what I've heard from this new record is really cool. Um, some of the stuff from uh, Alex or Alex or whatever yeah. was cool. Um but like right the 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 album or two like right at, right after Max left was a little weird so but I, I'm gonna 
I'm, I'm definitely going to stick around. Yeah. You know, not, not that I make it through the whole set. I don't know. <laughs> but all I know is Crowbar is going to be there, and that's going to be fucking amazing. Yeah. So I'm checking that shit out for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what else we got? We got Ozzy. Yeah, what do you think about... I, we knew that would kind of happen, right? Yeah. So... Keeps but, announcing tourists, cancel yeah. them, announcing them, cancel them. And, and, and it's like, I don't think... You know, and I've, I've heard this on Eddie Trunk, and I've heard this here and there, and I'm not trying to just copy off of what they say, but I agree with the 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 main point is he doesn't owe anybody anything. All right. You know, he's done so much. Uh, he's, he, you know, he's he's up there in years. He's got health problems. Go take care of yourself. Yeah. You know, we're good. Yeah. Um, But, you know, a plus is... Everything that we've heard of this new album is pretty cool so far. Yeah. And it comes out this Friday. So I'm very excited about that. Right. And, and we talked about that when we heard the first song yes. late last year and said this is the first time we've, we've kind been, of been excited. excited. Yes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, and if this is kind of like a send off, you know, present to the fans, then I'm really looking forward to this album. And, you know, no, no, I have nothing bad to say about any of this whole thing. Yeah. So that's that's where I stand on that. Yeah. I mean, there's no need to tour like if it's going to cause you fucking problem. But at the same time, it's like he could be one of those people that like he's just more comfortable when he's doing that kind of thing than sitting around at home or whatever. Yep. I mean, like, you know, Mick Mars made that statement years ago that he the best he feels is when he's on stage because he can fit a, forget about the way he feels for a couple hours, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, you know, and if, and if he can, you know, I mean, fuck, if Rolling Stones can do it, anyone can. No shit. And if he can get treatment and get to the point where he can do it, hey, more power to him. But if not, that's fine. You know? Speaking of the Rolling Stones, I saw a shirt that I think you need to get. Okay. You know, our favorite thing with the Facebook shirts Oh jeez. We haven't talked about this in like a yeah, year. Yeah, no, because you, ha- you haven't seen those in a while. They kind of, they kind of. I still see them waned in popularity. Not as well. I think they probably got shut down, which is oh yeah, which, which should I be hope. But we're talking about all the fucking Facebook ads for the the obviously Photoshop shirt of some you know celebrity holding a t shirt with like oh, yeah. or wearing a t shirt, which is you know usually, and then it crosses like a sports team and a artist or yeah you know fucking harlequin yeah, and like, like fucking like eddie wearing a fucking astros hat or some dumb shit yeah or like kathy bates from misery wearing a montreal experts yeah. jersey you know just random shit well yeah. there's now one there's a bunch of them for you know baby yoda oh, but fuck. there's a baby yoda one where he's got you know tongue logo on him and then above him this is the best part of the whole shirt. Whoever fucking made this thing. Instead of it saying the Rolling Stones, it says Rolling Stone in the magazine font. Like they took the Rolling Stone font and put it at the top of the shirt. <sighs> fucking idiots. To promote Baby Yoda with the Rolling Stones logo. Yeah, it was probably <laughs> it was probably a fucking It was made in like Indonesia or something. Yeah, it was probably an Indonesian fucking millennial. <laughs> right. But anyway, I should have sent it to you. It's fucking hilarious. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Okay. Yeah, send that over. All right. I've seen it several times in the last few days. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, anything else before we jump into some 
Asphalt Valentine. I think we're good. Let's uh let's uh hit the asphalt. <laughs> good way to put it. Well, you know. And you can hit the asphalt on the twisted road. I see all kinds of puns here. Brand new album from Asphalt Valentine comes out February twenty eighth. And it's called Twisted Road. And right now we're gonna play the lead single for that, which is the title track, Twisted Road.
Twisted Road, the brand new song from the forthcoming album of the same name, Twisted Road, comes out February 28th from Asphalt Valentine. Some great melodic hard rock. These guys have another album and an EP, but it's been a few years since the EP came out and over 10 years since their album came out. So get on there and check out some of that stuff. They've got a lot of great music and I'm pretty sure that this album will be no different. You know what I think that uh, I'd be a good touring band or pairing for this band? The New Roses. Oh, okay. You, you know what? Of, I get that. Yeah. It's kind nice. of along the same kind of vein, you know? Yes. Yes. You know, and it, yeah. I didn't think about that when you when we played the song, but now that you said that, I totally get that. Yeah. Which, by the way, if you're not familiar with The New Roses, check them out. They were... I don't remember what number, but they were on our top 19 of 2019 albums list. Right? Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they've got a couple great albums out, so check them out. Yeah, they're better than anything you listen to. <laughs> and they're out of Germany, but they sound like they're out of Georgia, just like Asphalt Valentine. <laughs> but yeah, so Asphalt Valentine is out of Georgia, and hopefully we'll see more from them this year, and you'll hear about it in this interview, so let's just jump into it. Here's Joe Flint, lead vocalist for Asphalt Valentine. got twisted road coming out here at the end of the month this is uh several years in the making because it's been what about six years since your last ep i talk about the downtime and why it took this long to come back yeah absolutely yeah we we did the ep back in 2014 and um it after that you know we we had toured a little bit and and played some shows but um you know we we went through some lineup changes and, and some people had moved away. So uh, whenever you go through that as a band, uh, it takes a, a minute to get caught back up with, with getting new members back in the band. And um, so we were just kind of on a lull for a little while. Uh, you know, we weren't doing as much touring and it, we were just kind of losing sight of, 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 you know, why we really decided to be in a band, but you know, it, it wasn't really up until this last year that we really went full force into into making this record, and we just put everything we had into it. So um, we're really excited, and and it's just been too long, and and we we can't be more excited that we have this coming out in February. Are you guys looking at making this kind of like a full time thing now again, or as much as you yeah, can? Absolutely. I guess. Yeah, yeah, as much as we can, uh, for sure. You know, with with touring, you kind of got to dip your toes back in a little bit because, um, you you know, you, you're not going to come out of the gates getting all those big, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, you know, uh, show amounts and, and guarantees and things like that. So you got to kind of go in and and uh, probably lose a little bit of money here and there uh, as you go through and, and, and build the following back up. For us, it's kind of a reemergence and a rebranding because, um, you know, while we've been together for a long time, uh, like you said, we, we had a bit of a lull and, and we haven't really been out there. So 
um, but we know how to do it and we've done it before. So we're excited to get back in and, and, uh, you know, whatever shows that become available, um, you know, we are, we are gung ho. We've got, you know, the Twisted Road title track out and the only as well. Like what could fans expect from this album that may differ from your guys earlier work? Well, uh, I would say it's a little bit more of a, you know, mature sound. Um, when we started out, we were, uh, not to be cliche, but it was a little bit more sex, drugs, rock and roll. Our first record, right. we were out in, uh, you know, 2000, 2009. And, you know, I was in my twenties and, um, you know, back then it was, it was just a lot different for us. And, you know, as we all, you know, grow up and, and we develop our sound, I mean, we, we still have a, a harder edge to us. So, uh, you, you're still going to have that heavy drum, that heavy bass, a uh, lot of loud guitars. And uh, so I would still expect a lot of that. And, uh, you know, we're going to do a little bit more on the on the slower sides and, and, and do some more melodic stuff as well. Um, so I think there's going to be a little bit of everything in there for, for somebody. So if you're into if you're into metal, I think you'll like it. If you're into punk, um, there's going to be some stuff there for you. And if you're into really mainstream rock, then um, we got some of that in there for you. Did you you said 2018 was kind of when you guys got back together to start doing this? Was all these songs written since then, or any of these songs that you've had around for a while? Well, uh, yeah, we we've had a lot of the songs kind of written in one form or another. Uh, they weren't what they are going to be on the record. So, um, you know, I we always wrote. I, I've been writing for years, so I can go back in my catalog and, and pick things out that I hadn't listened to for years and, and say, oh, you know, I'll, I'll grab pieces from, from one song, pieces from another song, and, and kind of create a whole new thing. Um, you know, so there was part of that with writing this record. And then some of it was all brand new uh, because when we first did this, you know, we were still just going to kind of release a single here and there. And then when we decided to do a little bit more than that, we were just going to really just do another EP. But, um, you know, when we called our, our label, uh, Bill over at High Ball, we had worked with him on the first record. Uh, we, we just kind of got to talking and, you know, we felt that, you know, while a lot of the bands are going back to the EPs and, and the singles and things like that, we really wanted to uh, break away from that and, and do something that, um, you know, and, and go back to the full length record. And I think a lot of people really enjoy that. They want to buy the CDs. I know there's still a lot of people downloading um, and, and streaming music, but there's still a good market out there for people who want that full-length record they want to buy the cd they want to touch it and open it up and smell the ink and look at the pictures and things like that so um you know that was the direction we wanted to go with that so we did have to write a little bit uh more new stuff for this one well what's your guys writing process like is do you put everything together and then everybody kind of add their parts or is it a collective effort or does it kind of vary by song yeah, well, I would it, it varies by song. For the most part, uh, how it how it comes is I have a studio here in my house, and I, I'll do most of the songwriting. Um, so uh, I can at my leisure. I, I got you know uh, a riff stuck in my head. I'll I'll come down and work it out, and um, you know I. It, uh, I'll pretty much get the song to where it's presentable to the rest of the guys. Uh, but everybody, you know, 
puts their take on it. And we change a lot of parts, parts that aren't working. So um, it, it is a collective effort in that, in, in the, that standpoint. But for, for the most part, um, it, it really comes from, for me, uh, I would say for, you know, about 80% of the songs. And then the others come from, uh, we're, we're just in practice jamming and, and uh, one of the guitar players will just bust out a riff they've never played before. Just, and we all just start, uh, you know, coming up, you know, with something that we've never done before. And, and that's fun too. Well, I noticed you guys uh, said that you self-produced this. Is that something that the band wanted to do as a whole to just kind of keep it in house or was it just kind of a thing of that's just the way it worked out? Well, we, we have a full recording studio uh, where we practice. Uh, okay. We practice over at our, yeah, our, our bass player's house and we got really good gear. Um, and we consider ourselves very lucky uh, because we've been together for, um, you know, over 15 years. So over the 15 years, we have, collected a lot of, of, of gear to record with and, and um, it sounds really good. So we are able to get in there and spend more time. We, we'll record a song and then we can take a step back from it and listen to it and figure out what's working and what's not working with the song. So in that aspect, we're very lucky as opposed to having to go into a studio and, you know, what you're paying for is what you got to knock out right then. Right. Um, so <laughs> Yeah, so that that's kind of what we wanted to do. Um, I'm not sure we'll do that so much for the next record, but we'll still utilize the studio to do all the pre-production. So when we go in, um, we, we've we already recorded it, and then uh, we can go into another studio if we want. We, we've we worked with the same um, engineer and, and mixer, Andy Riley, for, for years, and, and he does a fantastic job. And he's got a great-sounding studio as well. So um, it, it may be something that we we go in and do that next time. Is that the same way you guys did strip rock and roll in the uh, EP as well? Well, strip or- rock and roll was a little bit different. We did that one at several different locations. Um, so it was kind of a mismatch uh, with the EP for end of the red. Uh, we did do that at a, a studio. Um, my brother-in-law at the time, he was in a, he was in a band. I don't know if you remember the band uh, Zebrahead. Oh yeah, uh, they had a, yeah they had a they had a hit in the nineties, uh, Playmate of the Year, and and uh, so he was my brother in law. He had a nice studio at his house, and and we did all that recording over there, um, at least for the guitars and stuff. We did the drums uh, over at another studio, um, and the engineer over there was Mike Froge, and he was a drummer for Black Label Society for a while. So we felt that between the two, we had a pretty good. Um, you know, studio experience between the two. And then of course we send everything over to our engineer, Andy Riley, who just does a fantastic job. So we've done a little bit different each way, each time. Okay. Well, you kind of mentioned, you know, it's been 15 years since you guys started and the, the rock and roll landscapes kind of changed a lot since then. It, it seems like your guys style of music might be a little bit more accessible now than it was in 2005, but also, rock as a whole has kind of probably declined since then as well. I mean, does that worry you or do you not care? And it's just, we're going out and doing this and if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Uh, I would say the the latter part of it is exactly the way we feel about it because, you know, we're going to continue to make music and write what we want to write and we're going to put it out there and we're going to make sure that it sounds good before we put it out. 
obviously we hope that everybody likes it and it takes on. I mean, we don't want to be spending a lot of money on, on making records that nobody wants to buy. Um, you know, but it, at the end of the day, you know, like I said, we've been together for so many years. While most bands at this point have probably broken up or, or you know, moved on to different things because it wasn't working, we've never we've never done that. For us, it was just, you know, we it, it's the chemistry with us. We love what we're doing. We love the songs that we write together. So it wasn't really an option to go do anything else for us. So, um, no, it doesn't really worry me. Do we want it to, to take off? Absolutely. So we're going to put our, our, our uh, you know, best foot forward and, and hope that happens. Well, what is the your relationship with High Vol Music? Like, how's that been working as well for you? Oh, it's been great. I mean, like I said, uh, we have worked with Bill on the first record. His label at that time was Shavis Records. Um, so we did that on the first one. Um, we didn't work with them on the second one, and it, it wasn't anything that we had it ill uh you know, feelings towards each other. It just, um, you know, we just decided we wanted to try to do things on our own and we realized that that wasn't the way to do things. And so uh, as we've grown as a band, he's grown as a label as well. And he has really figured some things out and he's got a great staff around him. And um, he's got, you know, some really good bands on the roster uh, with Every Mother's Nightmare. He just signed Ron Keel as well. So, um, we're really hoping that we can team up with those guys and, and, and go play some shows together. Cause I think it'll be a really good package. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the kind of doing it yourself and a lot of bands have kind of shifted that way in recent times. Was it just something that mm-hmm. was it like getting in over your head or what was the deal with that? Well, you know, when we, as independent artists, you're always going to pay for your own record up front. Right. And so we did that with the first one. And when you don't get your money back, you, you kind of say, well, you, why am I working with somebody who's taking this cut? And then we're not getting, you know, enough back to, to make the next record. Um, so that was kind of the thought process. And, and I think, you know, Bill kind of got over his head a little bit. He, he signed a lot of uh, different artists as well. So, you know, we just didn't have that relationship that we had when we first started. So he wasn't really all that active either. So for us, it was just kind of made sense to um, let's just give it a shot and see what happens. And, you know, without that support and that marketing and that that family aspect, you really don't achieve as much as you would, you know, even with any independent label. And Bill has just been, you know, great. So I really think that, um, you know, this time around is, is going to be a, a, a lot different. And uh, we're really excited. Well, you mentioned uh, CDs and vinyl and everything, the physical product. Are you guys going to have vinyl and that kind of thing available as well? Well, vinyl is definitely a topic of conversation with Bill. Um, obviously, we need to get the CDs out first and, and kind of see how they do, uh, because vinyl is ex- expensive to make, but it is a hot topic right now. Everybody is really wanting to get that vinyl. Um, so I do foresee... Uh, I, I do foresee a strong likelihood that, that vinyl will happen. Well, do you collect vinyl yourself or? No, no, I don't collect vinyl myself. Uh, I used to, um, there used to be this, this record shop uh, here where I grew up in, in Marietta, Georgia. Um, and it was just a, a place to hang out as a kid when I was, you know, this whole 
17 year old punk rocker with a you know 12 inch mohawk and <laughs> and uh just going in that store and he had thousands and thousands of uh milk crates full of vinyl and it was just fantastic to go in there and uh just see all kinds of cool stuff and you know you take it home and um listening to it was was quite a joy and um i went over to a friend's house not not too long ago and it's it's really a, an awesome thing to do just sit down in the basement you know pour a drink and, and and put some vinyl on it's 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 quite different and i do miss that so uh while i haven't done it recently i do foresee you know getting back into that for sure well being a a kid that was in the punk music how did you kind of was it as you got older that you got into hard rock as well, or was it always both? Well, it was kind of always both. I I grew up loving hard rock because uh, I was I was a kid in the eighties, so you know Motley right. Crue and, and all that stuff was my jam. You know, as <laughs> as I became a teenager and got a little bit more pissed off, that was that was my punk <laughs> my punk years. So uh, I got I got a lot of that influence, and uh, you know, as we get older, I. I you know, go back to all the old stuff that I missed. Um, well, I wouldn't say so much miss because, you know, I, I did have a lot of influence from my father who loved a lot of the old classic rock, like the, the Beatles and, and the Stones and everything like that. Um, so it, it's, there's a lot of influence in there. I just, it, to me, if it's good, I'm going to like it. <laughs> well, in your voice, you kind of, I mean, it's a higher register, but you also hear a lot of that kind of raw, you know, something like Mike Ness kind of sound mixed in there as well. Was that, like, yeah. where do you think you got, like, where did your voice start from? Was there a singer that made you want to sing early on? Well, not really per se. I mean, th there's a lot of different singers out there who, who I admire. Um, I, I never really tried to be like anybody. Um, first and foremost, I just tried to sing good because when I first started out, it was like, you know, throwing a cat in the bathtub in, you know, so, so, uh, once you, once you hear that first recording back, um, you, you have to make a decision on what you want to do. Cause I was also a rhythm guitar player and do I want to play guitar? Or do I want to sing? And I, and I love being a front man. So, um, you know, there, there's all kinds of singers that, that, that I love. So first and foremost, I just went to go learn how to sing and whatever came out, you know, came out. So it was just trying to, to learn pitch and, and techniques. And, um, you know, my tone was my tone. And, um, you know, so, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really have anybody that, that is a major influence on me not, that I can say. Is that something that you, like, do you continually work on your voice or is it always, is it always where it should be? No, absolutely. You have to work on your voice all the time because, um, you know, especially as we gear up and, and go play shows, because um, if you do a multiple nights in a row, you got to be on your game and, and you got to be sounding good and, and not throwing your voice out. So, um, yeah, I, I work on my voice quite often and um, and uh, it, it's just real simple. I mean, I, I'll do scales in the car on the way home from work and you know, or, or sit around and, and singing and I'm always writing songs. So it's, you know, just as long as I'm using it, that muscle, you, you're going to have a lot of muscle memory. So it's definitely something I always work on. Do you have like a pre-show routine when for the live shows or anything? 
Uh, not, not too much. Uh, I just tried to more relax. Um, I do, I do a couple, uh, exercises just to kind of loosen my, my, my cords up. But, uh, you know, generally speaking, it's a shot of whiskey right before I go on. So it gets really really loosened up right there. So it, uh, you know, so I'm not so tight. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I heard an interview with Rob Halford a few years ago where he said, all he does is a I think it was a, it was a shot of something. I think it was whiskey, and that's amazing that that guy's voice could do that. If that's all oh, he does, <laughs> I know he is amazing. I saw them last year, and it is amazing how well that dude can still sing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if I can still sing that well when I'm his age, I guess the whiskey works. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, I know you guys have a a few shows scheduled. Are you looking? I mean, you kind of mentioned hopefully pulling together a tour with your label mates or something. Is there what are you guys looking for in 2020? That all is going to be done by uh, our label and their team. So they're going to be working on putting those, those shows together. Um, there's some fires, you know, irons in the fire right now, but I, I don't really have any exact dates, but you know, there's definitely going to be some touring. So, um, you know, there's possibly maybe, you know, some stuff up in the, the Northeast and, and Midwest. I think that's going to be more our focus because our labels up there in, in Baltimore and, uh, and, and do the Southeast uh, a bit. So, um, you know, and then hopefully, you know, hopefully the, the plan is for maybe next year is to break off and, and do some European dates. Our label mates, Every Mother's Nightmare, they're already going over there and doing some festivals and things like that. So things are starting to open up. And uh, so, you know, we'll definitely be out there on the road. We just don't have any exact dates yet. Yeah, I think your guys' sound would go over big in Europe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of funny because, you know, when we did a big tour uh back in 2010 and this band from sweden came over and uh they that was their end all be all they they thought to to come to the states and play was was their goal achieved and we're sitting back and like well we want to go over there and play right. <laughs> so we think that that's the cats and jams right there so uh yeah we definitely want to get over there it, it it's definitely worked out well for some uh bands that we know over here so if we can get in that market it'd be great but obviously we still want to play the the u.s market that's that's the bread and butter and and uh it's real easy to to hop around you know especially in the southeast and you know you can you can do a quick weekend run or, or something like that so you right. know we definitely plan on doing some shows are you guys still based out of atlanta Yep. Is, Atlanta. is, I mean, whenever I think of Atlanta, I think of hip hop <laughs> when it comes to rock, yeah. you know, there's stuff from like 20 years ago with seven dust or 30 years ago with black crows. Is there a, is there a rock scene there at all? Um, I wouldn't say it's so much of a rock scene unless you want to talk about, you know, tribute bands and, and cover bands. Um, but there's definitely a, a metal scene here. Uh, that that's kind of the, the, the big thing that, that draws around here. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll still get decent crowds around here. Um, but you know, we, we want to focus on breaking out from Atlanta because most of the rock clubs around here have, have, um, have closed down in the recent years. So there's not as much availability to play. Um, but, uh, so yeah, rock has not been great unless you're really established band. And then, you know, you can, you, people will still go out. Like, you know, Michael Shanker just came a few months ago and the place was sold out. 
you know, so and it was a, you know, yeah, it was almost a, a theater size. So, I mean, people want to go out and see it. It's just, you know, they got to know about it. Right. All right, man. Well, thanks for taking the time to do this with me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. There you go. Joe Flint of Asphalt Valentine. A huge thank you to Jody Best of Best Bet Promotions for her continued support of this podcast. Definitely. Definitely. She rocks. We couldn't do this without her. Yeah, that's true. We love her. And thank you, of course, to Joe Flint for taking the time out to talk to, I almost said us, but it was me. You couldn't make it that day. And glad I got to talk to Joe there for a bit. And Right. I'm glad you got to do it. Things yeah. are things. These things happen. Yeah. Hey, we listen, we've done 254 episodes now. And what, that's probably like, what, the fourth or fifth one? Yeah. We get it done how we can get it done. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, like literally, I think that's probably the fourth that we've ever done where it wasn't both of us. We yeah. Had, let's well, let's count them down real quick. we got Night Demon. Night Demon. Where it was you with, with JP. And then we've got Vivian Campbell, where it was me. Yep. And then we've got Don Jameson, which was, was just me. You. And then we've got Dizzy Reed, which is just me. And then, so and then you, now this. Yeah. So, but hey, I'll, number five. I'll get Night Demon again without you. That's right. Because they'll, they'll be here in April when I'll be out of town. So, but there's no way we're not getting them on the podcast. Yeah, that's a print, that's a a must. Anytime they're in the the vicinity, yes. of us, we've got to talk to them once again. And and and, and that's one of the uh, not not to be not to be name droppers. That kind of vibe, but that's one band that um, you know they're pals. So um, that's always good to have them on. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Because it's not just like you're asking stock questions to try to like talk about an album, which we do with them at the same time. But at the same time, it's like, like you said, yeah, you know them now, so it's just sitting around. And it, it's loose, casual. You can bullshit. Yeah, you know, you know what each other likes and doesn't like. So we, we there's there's always good starting points. Yeah, it, it's a good time. Yeah, and like one of our, I can say this on here, I guess. We don't think we've ever said it on the podcast, but like. We had this like long standing thing since the first time we had Night Demon on that we thought when they're in Tulsa one time, we need to try to set it up where we can have Dusty, the drummer, on at the same time with Jason Gilardi. Yeah. <laughs> formerly of Caroline Spine, because he talks about, he talked to us that first time we talked to him about how much he loved him and that he was an influence on him and all this stuff. And we're like, that'd be perfect if we could just get the two of them together. But yeah. hopefully one of these days. One of these days, the schedules will line up. But yeah. Speaking of, Jason Gillardi was on this podcast a yes, long ass time ago. Yes, he was. It was a really good one. And if you're a fan of Asphalt Valentine style music, Junkyard, I think, has the, you know, they kind of have a Junkyard vibe at times. Check that out. We've had on Junkyard, we've had on Kicks, we've had on Kiss, Gene Simmons and Bruce Kulick. We've had on, like I mentioned, Dizzy Reed of Guns N' Roses, Vivian Campbell of Def Leppard, bands like Warrant, Trickster, Firehouse, Slaughter, Lillian Axe, Europe, Dokken, Tesla. Frank Hannon's been on here a couple of times now. Recently, even. Yeah, just here a few episodes ago. But but we've also had, like, you know, heavy stuff. We talked about Crowbar earlier. Kirk Winstein's been on here twice. Right. Um, Crowbar once, you know. We got the whole band in on it once. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so, I mean, Seven Dust. Uh, we've had dudes from Megadeth, uh, Act of Defiance. 
um, you know, COC, Clutch, uh, you know, we've had, we've had some pretty cool shit, man. Yeah, one we don't mention, I, the other day I heard him and I thought, we don't mention this enough when it rattle off names, is Avatar. Right, yeah, we had Avatar, holy <laughs> fuck, how, how do we forget that? That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Prong, recently we had on, you know, this past uh, few months we had on members of both Life of Agony and Typo Negative, which were exactly. huge fans of both huge, those bands, yeah. so that was quite an honor. Yeah, that was a, a choke-up moment. Yeah, something yeah. that we never really yeah, right. thought might happen, and I'm very glad it did. Which, by the way, I just recently got Life of Agony's Ugly on vinyl. That's right, your, uh, your better half got yes. you uh, that for Valentine's Day, Yes, right? my amazing, <laughs> gorgeous... Fucking kick ass, better half, Melissa got me Life of Agony's Ugly on vinyl. That's amazing. And yeah, I was it was as giddy as a schoolgirl, and it was great. It was great. I cranked it way the fuck up. Was it a? <clears throat> was it like a old school used one or is it new? No, it's a new one. Okay, it's I didn't know. One. Did they like? It? I didn't know that it like like was out where you could just buy it. I don't know. Oh, you okay. know that was that era of music where nothing really. You know, they didn't do vinyl on anything. Yeah, so it's probably like so I'm sure a reissue it's just from the, past, reissue few from the yeah. past few years that they just took from the CD, but I don't give a fuck. It was oh, on yeah. vinyl, so yeah. it, it, for me, it was great. Yeah. All that great stuff. And hey, speaking of vinyl in this interview, which you haven't heard yet, that I just did with Joe Flynn. We yes. talked about vinyl a little bit, so. Nice. There nice. you go. That's awesome. It all Love ties it. in together. Love it. But yeah, so... Just dig back through our stuff if you want to check out some previous episodes. It's all on our website, thethunderunderground.com. You can listen to it there, or you can listen to it most places that you can stream podcasts like SoundCloud, Google Music, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, MixCloud, Pocket Cast, all that great stuff. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Just had a thing that would have came out probably when you're if you're hearing this now probably yesterday of uh, the brand new album from Demons and Wizards yeah which comes out February 21st Friday here and we should have more stuff coming soon as well on that front and there's a ton to dig through as well if you haven't yeah yeah we've got a really cool one that we're working on for this week so that'll be awesome yeah yeah here in the next week or so you'll well actually February 28th is I think the day we can release that with nice. the actual the actual rules. Okay, okay. <laughs> For an album that comes out in April, so that's pretty cool. A pretty good jump on that. Oh, well, I was just talking about an interview, but now I know what you're talking about. Well, I was just talking, I'll just say I was talking about body count. <laughs> the brain I album. wasn't, so okay. fuck me. My brain was way off. So now I know what you're talking about. Cool, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, yeah, now we're getting all mixed up and shit, so we should get out of here. Yeah, it's, t- it's time to go. <laughs> All right, once again, thank you to Best Pet Promotions, MedFarm, DB Concerts, and of course, Joe Flint from Asphalt Valentine. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all. Thunder Underground.